Daniel Black, welcome to Seattle. Thanks, man. It's so good to be here. Woo! Woo! Come on, man. Come on. It's such an honor to uh, to finally meet you. Um, it's funny. Right when we announced that you were coming and that you're going to be doing our, our Sunday night service yeah. tomorrow night. You should I, join, by the way. Yeah, come on. Come on. Uh, I literally started getting all these messages from, from ministers, really? like from all these different ministers. Wow. And they were like, yes, Daniel Black. Like... Bro, I've never had somebody come here that was so loved mm. by just like by ministers. <laughs> like like that's, that's you awesome. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's so um dude, people love you. Come well, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and we just met. We just we met just like met. we just met like yeah. 30 minutes ago. Yeah. You know, and 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 I'm loving being with you. You know, I I love you too, but you know what I'm come saying? Like, like, but we just met. I know we just met. <laughs> I don't know what what, what happened. I don't know. In in Hong Kong is yeah. home. Yeah, Hong Kong is home. Yeah, and um, and and so, bro, what what what's happening right now with just the like COVID and sure. being back in? Like, just catch us up, man. Sure. Well, you know, uh, gosh, I came back at the beginning of the year uh, just to, to see family, but because of all the COVID restrictions stuff, I'm still here. I've not been able to get back uh, home. But God's just been doing some really crazy, amazing things. Uh, you know, uh, last year, the whole world changed. You know, I, 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 I help lead a, a congregation, but I also travel quite a bit. And uh, uh, before 2020, I was doing 15 countries a year, uh, you know, preaching and sharing and, and doing what I do. And, and uh, so that all came to an end uh, because of, COVID and all of this, but what was amazing is our church switched models, we did some new things, and, and God was moving in the midst of COVID. Wow. Instead of darkness, instead of devastation, we were seeing our church grow. We were seeing, uh, you know, because, because we switched models, we didn't have to shut down. We, we were meeting in homes, we were meeting in offices, uh, and and we were growing. We were seeing people come to Christ. We were seeing miracles and healings. We were seeing all kinds of crazy things. So God's moving. So how were you able to do that? Like, you know, you're, sure. you're in Hong Kong, yeah. right? Yeah. And so churches were shut down there, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, all over the world, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But how were you able to thrive? Sure. You know, because <laughs> we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. That, um, you know, I heard from a lot of different ministers and ministries that in 2020, they're like, it was our best year yet. Yeah. But they're talking like financially. Yeah. They're not necessarily talking about like salvations, baptisms, yeah. discipleship. Sure. And so how were you guys able to not just like, how were you guys able to to truly be the church sure. in a time when the building, when the church building yeah. couldn't be open? Well, I, I think 
we spent two years breaking people's addiction to form. Whoa. I think that's a good word for somebody out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? So, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I feel like, especially in the West, we're addicted to our form of doing church. Wow. If you don't have lights, if you don't have smoke, if you don't have a rock star band, yeah. we can't be the church. We can't function. And uh, about two years before COVID, before any of the stuff, if you followed the news in Hong Kong, I'm not going to get into politics tonight just because of... Oh, yes, uh, we are. Well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just, no, just, no, I'm just, totally just, kidding, Daniel. Just for, no, uh, I know, I know. I'm yeah. just having fun. Sure, yeah. sure. And so... Um, so... <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, anyway, so sorry, yeah. no, sorry. You're good. you'll you're get good, used to me. So I determine what we talk. Yes, no, that's not. right. That's right. But uh, you know, if you, you if you follow the news, so you know what's going on over there. And so, so for for us, before all of that was going on, God had already been speaking to us. Uh, it's time to follow a different model. We started looking into the Book of Acts. We started Come seeing on. different different things. We decided on a model called missional communities. Okay. Uh, basically, how to become a family on a mission. Wow. And so, you know, you'd spent years doing Sunday mornings, and that's how people were. They were just yeah. Sunday morning Christians. But what would it look like to be Monday to Friday Christians? Wow, come on. So we spent two years kind of like breaking people out of a Sunday morning mold wow. and saying, hey, what does it look like for us to do Monday to Friday Christianity? What You know, and like we did everything from supernatural uh, training, prophecy, miracle signs and wonders in the streets to actually how do you host people in your home? You know, in Hong Kong, people do not host people in their homes wow. very often, you know, because wow. like we, we have small houses. So people didn't know, like, oh, if I have somebody over, I should have coffee, I should have tea, I should have, you know, some, right? some snacks out for somebody. You know, like, 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 just people didn't comprehend, like, hospitality is a practical thing. So we actually took two years and began to train people, walk people through just what does it look like to, to live day to day as community. Wow. You know, we had people starting to move into the same buildings as one another. I tell you what, that will uh, freak people out. <laughs> you know, because you, you really start seeing real people. And uh, they, they, they have issues. They have messes. And we have to clean them. And we have to learn how to do that. Not just hear about it on Sunday, but actually walk it out. So were people moving into the same buildings because that was where their, com that's where their community is? That's where their, yeah. their church so, is? So it's and like, like uh, we have three different areas. Uh, we have one up in the New Territories. We have one in the poorest district in Sham Shai Po. And wow. we have one that just launched on the island side. So they're all like young professionals wow. and, and what have you. And uh, so the one up in the, the New Territories, they're all families, young families. All of them have kids under four or five, and uh, you know, so they've they've learned how to determine, uh, and that that was kind of a, a a drawing card. Like, okay, let's all just be families. What does it look like to be a bunch of families living together, and living the gospel out wow. in our day to day life? And and the rhythms that they develop are going to be very different than young professionals living on the island, right? So, wow. rhythms for them look like okay, maybe. 
once a month we'll do that, and once a month we'll do this, and once a month, whereas the other group maybe like twice a week we're going to do this, twice a week we're going to do sure, that. Sure, sure. Yeah. So it really is yeah. like a book, book of Acts kind of, kind of, kind of a model where, Absolutely. where it's not just worshiping together, but it's truly like doing life together. Exactly. Wow, that's exactly. incredible. It's been, it's been phenomenal. It's been life-giving. And you're saying that that's not necessarily within the culture. Like no. that, that's, that's quite countercultural. It's very countercultural. Interesting. Uh, people just don't do life like that. Maybe maybe within their own families, but then there's also a sense of like duty and like I have to do this sure. with my family. Whereas having a bunch of people that aren't related all choose to do life with each other in such intentional ways is so countercultural, so unordinary. And and uh, <laughs> so the Lord the Lord was like giving you this wineskin for yeah. a new way of doing yeah. church and and the Lord gave it to you before all the COVID stuff hit. Absolutely. So that when when the pandemic hit, you guys yeah. were prepared. We were prepared, we were ready to keep gathering and, and going underground and yeah. kind of, you know. We, we, I mean, sort of. I mean, we didn't have to shut down. It's we, that's so we kept awesome. Meeting. And I mean, like there were times where we discern like okay, maybe it's just not good because maybe there's a lot of cases and sure. different things. So, sure. okay, so let's not. But it didn't stop us from going out. We still were going out. We were still ministering to people. We were still bringing strangers into our homes. So when you say going out, do you guys do a lot of evangelism and stuff there? Is that, is that, is that kind of tricky in, in Hong Kong? or It's never been before. It might be more in the days to come. But yeah. uh, at the moment, you know, like it's, it's never been too tricky. I, I, in one sense, it is because people aren't friendly on the street, you know. Sure, but sure. But in another sense, it's never been a problem. Like, we're able to just go out, do our thing, share Jesus That's with people. That's awesome. That's Never had a problem. People, people are pretty uh, responsive. Uh, Depends on your approach. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, well, the reason why I ask is sure. um, uh, I've taken teams out um, all, all, all over the world to do evangelism. Sure, and, sure. And it's funny because Seattle's one of the easiest places to share the gospel, believe, really? it, or, believe it or not, because really? there's such an openness to spirituality and the supernatural. Yeah. But if you take that same approach in Korea, so I, mm. I took a team out in Korea, sure, and, and it was very, very difficult, even though there's a, a higher receptivity to Christianity in Korea sure. than there would be in Seattle, yeah. but, but there really isn't a receptivity to the supernatural mm. or even to evangelism because I guess of the, uh, the density of cults in sure. Korea. And so mm. for the most part, the only people that do outreach, in, in, at least in Seoul there, are the cults. So oh, wow. when you go out and you're just trying to, to, to model the gospel and tell people about Jesus... They just immediately equate you to a cult, since it's only, the cults are the only people that actually wow. go out, and, and, you know. And so uh, I found that really, really interesting. Sure. So, but things vary so radically when you go into different cultures. Yeah, and absolutely, absolutely. So in Hong Kong specifically, we can use that as an example. You know, we've we've just had to pray and ask Holy Spirit what wow. works, what doesn't work. Sure, sure. You know, so like. Handing out tracks doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that, that works anywhere, you know. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, there's JWs there. Yeah, that's what they do. Okay, they hand out tracks. Yep. And uh, so everybody knows the JWs, and there's a, there's another group uh, that is a cult out of uh, the mainland China, and and they also hand out. They have like a newspaper oh. that they hand out, and and so <laughs> so everybody knows. Like, we don't. We don't, so, okay, well, we're not going to hand out tracts. We're not going to hand out newspapers. So, Holy Spirit, what is it that works 
here. So we've done things like treasure hunts, and oh, those yes. work really well in Hong Kong. Oh, awesome. Because you can tell people, oh, well, look, you know, you're, you're on my map, and we tell everybody, send it in an email format. <laughs> so then it's time-stamped and stuff, so then people are like, Brilliant. oh, whoa, look at that. Like, you're not just making it up on <laughs> yeah, the spot. Yeah, you're not just making you know? it up. Like, oh, yeah, look, I, I wrote it You down. got a plaid <laughs> shirt and a black T-shirt. You're my treasure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so they're like, oh, whoa, look at that. And so we've, we've actually seen it, and people are like, what am I supposed to do? take a picture and we're like sure let's take a picture as we do we're like hey let's let's pray for this person let's bless this person so cool um you know there's other models that we've learned i have a friend in singapore and i love this he says don't ever ask somebody can i pray for you why because you're gonna get turned down almost 99 percent of the time okay so he says uh if you see somebody that's sick just say can i take a look at that for you Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that's you very interesting. You don't have to give any other thing. Right. Do you mind if I take a look at that for you? Oh, okay. So we started doing that. We, people almost always will say, okay, just because they want to see what you're going to do, you know? And then you start and praying. just start praying maybe under our Shakasi breath. You know? You know? <laughs> and, and then having them test out because it's like if you start there and, and nothing happens, then you're just a weird person. If you, but if something happens, yes, then you have an opportunity really to preach the gospel. That's and really, so we've really done good. things like that, and it works real well, especially in Asia. Um, you know, other times, like we tried it in, in Ireland, and they were like, what are you doing? Why do you, why do you want to look? What did it, you know? <laughs> so no, you can't <laughs> look like, at no, it. No, you can't. And they were like, well, can we pray for you? And they're like, well, of course. Why didn't you just stop? <laughs> So, you know, you just got to ask the Holy Spirit, right? Like, what's, what's actually something that can work for us where we're at? And so that's what we do in, in Hong Kong. Uh, we have a ministry into the Red Light District. Amazing. And uh, there's, there's quite a few that will go into our area. When I first started uh, many years ago with it, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I want you to give flowers and roses. That's it. Incredible. Now, is prostitution legal in Hong Kong? It is. Oh, interesting. It is. But, but brothels and things like that are illegal. So if a woman wants to sell herself on the sidewalk, that's legal. But uh, if, if she wants to, it becomes like a hierarchy and all that kind of stuff, it's yeah. illegal. Oh, that's interesting. And so, but we go to the brothels and things like that where it's wow. illegal. Wow, and, uh, wow, wow. And we've seen, since we started, nine brothels shut down Whoa. completely. Woo. Know, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. Isn't is, that great? It's is incredible. And we didn't go in with, you know, we're going to crusade against this. We didn't go in with, uh, um, here's your social program. I, I didn't have anything. Actually, everybody told me I was an idiot whenever uh -huh. I was going in. And they were like, that's not, that's not going to work. And then they're like, you're a man on top of it, so you shouldn't even bother. You know? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And, we, you know, I've always had a, a team to work with. And so... But we started going, and I said, oh, our only, our only strategy, guys, is Jesus told us to love them the way he loves them. Amazing. And, uh, and give out a flower and a chocolate. Oh, that's And we beautiful. did. We started building relationships. We've seen countless women leave the industry. We've it's seen incredible. The ladies that, that run them come to Christ. They told me you'd never see it. They call them mama sons. They said, you'd never see a mama son come to Christ. Wow. We've seen like 12 of them come to Christ. That's incredible. Come on. Yeah. I know. It's That's just so amazing. Awesome. Yes. And we've seen tons of healings and miracles, just all kinds of crazy things. Now, uh, uh, right ch there. child prostitution, is that, is that legal?
illegal or it's 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 illegal. Okay. Uh, we do come across kids that have been trafficked in from other countries. So trafficking yeah. is kind of a an it issue is. as well. And so, actually, this has been the benefit of COVID because the borders shut down. Oh, interesting. Uh, there's not been any traffic cases, and they aren't bringing women in from across the borders interesting, or anything like that. Interesting. Interesting. So, Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I mean, <laughs> thankful about that. I mean, I mean, about this, that is, part. this is this has been a kind of a, a, a byproduct. It's actually really hit, hit and hurt the sex industry. That's fascinating. Yeah, all over the world. And wow. So, so wow. that's that's a positive thing. I mean, I know within the countries and stuff, it's still happening, but but the international sex trade has actually taken a hit because. They can't traffic women right now. So wow, interesting, yeah. interesting. Yeah, and then there's just a uh, a lot of interesting stuff happening with 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 the nations, yes. you, especially when it comes to uh, Russia and then yeah. China and the U.S. Yes. It, it, it feels like there's just a, something building uh, a, a, a lot of tension right now. Yes, how is that felt in Hong Kong? Um, and are people conscious of it? Oh, we we feel it. Yeah. Yeah, especially the tensions between China and the US. I mean, it's just obvious Hong Kong has been named and targeted and so all the political things. So even yeah. just being an American over there, you feel it. You feel the difference in how you're treated. Um and then and as well, it's 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 caused a lot of tense uh, divide and and what have you in people's uh people's political approach and what have you. So, yeah, you, you definitely feel it. You definitely feel it. Because I would imagine that the people in Hong Kong really appreciate their independence and their mm-hmm. and, and being able to be uh, somewhat autonomous yeah. from the mainland uh, Chinese, you know, uh-huh. uh, government. And, um, and they have to be... So is there... I would imagine that there's a certain amount of uh, pride that they have in... in would they, would they, would, if you live in Hong Kong, would, uh-huh. would you call yourself, like, Chinese? Would there be a sense of national pride? Yes, if you and, live in, uh, you know, like like Chinese in the sense that culturally we're Chinese. Yes, you know, uh, you know, thousands of years and what have you. But like Hong Kong people are definitely uh, a people that are very proud, uh, prideful of their their culture, and you know, proud of their their language. You know, like they speak Cantonese, not Mandarin. You know. They have their own foods, their own their own unique cultural things. Okay. Because of uh, the British being there, there's also that fusion yes. and influence. Interesting. And so, Interesting. So there's a uniqueness to their people that they're very pride, prideful of, and, and not in a negative sense, but you know, just very proud that this is uniquely them. Yeah. Was there a sense when um, when President Trump was in office in in the states was was there a, a feeling of of disdain for him because he might just be stirring up? the pot unnecessarily like you know because sure. trump was so kind of i guess you could say anti-china sure i, I think it just been on who you talk to okay yeah. sure yeah. sure yeah. sure so it really just depends on who you talk to some people liked president trump some people okay didn't i i, I guess it's sure pretty much across the board right sure but <laughs> sure but in the church yeah. in the in the in the in the in the church no, i would i would i would still say it, it was pretty, pretty split. split oh that's yeah, interesting as far as people's viewpoints on him yeah yeah very very interesting yeah, yeah. and so um now when it comes to the greater church sure. in, in in hong kong the greater kind of kingdom scene yeah what does it feel like there because uh, what you guys are doing is super legit sure and like in out of the box and yeah. missional communities but outside of your community what does it feel like in the kingdom right now is there a lot of sure. expectation uh within mm-hmm. the within the church or is there or is it kind of strange 
Um, it's strange here in the States still, I think. I, I'd, I'd say there's a strangeness. Yeah. There's definitely a strangeness. Um, you know, there's been different seasons in Hong Kong where the church has been unified. You know, when SARS hit in 2003, there was a unity that hit the church. Um that just brought a strength, and they fasted for a hundred days, and wow. prayed for a hundred days wow. across the city, and it actually on the hundredth day, you know, like there were no more SARS cases. And, and come on, come you know, on. So, so, and and throughout the last twenty, thirty years, there's just been different seasons where there'd be movements towards church unity and 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 and, and strength, and and I, I think uh, in twenty twenty we were building up towards that. We actually led a three day fast where there was just. So many churches across the city, thousands of people across the city, all fasting, praying for our city. Um, but I, I think, you know, if, if, if you followed along a lot of what happened in 2019 in Hong Kong, there was a lot of brokenness that hit the church and division that hit the church. And I think they're still working through a lot of those, oh, really? those even, issues even today. Even in 2019, yeah. before yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there was, there was some different events and stuff that uh you know, okay yeah that happened over there so you can look it up on youtube yeah okay okay <laughs> <laughs> and um now now that you, you've been back you've been back sure. in the state since the beginning of the year yeah and you're you're seeing the u.s mm-hmm. and the effects of i mean it, it's just so unprecedented sure. as far as what we've experienced in, sure. our, in our generation see all our cities shut down businesses yeah. shut down and schools yeah. shut down and now all, like all parents are homeschool <laughs> homeschoolers yeah. parents and <laughs> and what 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 have you been feeling in your own heart in regards sure. to to the US mm. and 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 the kingdom like what do you what do you feel sure. is, is happening here you know i i think a i went through a huge culture shock coming back cuz you know i hadn't been back in well over a year and a half almost 2 years wow um you know, uh, so so there was just this culture shock, and then even coming back, it wasn't the same country I'd left. Really, you know, when I moved to Asia, and so I was like, "Oh, wait, what is this place?" You know? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then if I were to compare, you know, how Hong Kong handled COVID and how the U.S. handled COVID and the way we we handled things, like we closed our borders. We had certain levels of restriction, like mask wearing, social distancing, in the sense they limited your group sizes and what have you. But we didn't shut down restaurants. We didn't shut down stores. We didn't, you know, really like, like theaters were shut down. Yeah, uh, churches were shut down. Like larger big, large groups, group gatherings where where there could be spread. But like, so you could still go during twenty twenty. You could still just go to a restaurant and hang out inside and exactly, order food and exactly. Really, no problem. That's incredible. And so. so <laughs> <laughs> we had it pretty easy for the most part, I yeah. think, compared to a lot of different groups uh, and, and people around the world. I mean, I, I was following a lot of friends in Melbourne, which had one of the strictest lockdowns in the world, all the rules and stuff. And, well, and here, I, even, I, even know, hearing this last week about uh, uh, their version of martial law that's going yeah. into effect and, and tanks even, yeah. even going in Australia, yeah. uh, going down the street, just remind people to stay inside their... It's insane. Their houses. It's insane. And so so you look at maybe how a lot of Western cultures have, have and then here. And so I came here back in February. Okay. And uh, it's just been kind of, uh, 
crazy to to see like oh wait why why are they managing it like this and, well february would have been you know, quite intense still, yeah right yeah like, everything was still shut down for the most part you know you could only order food to go and in some places and some places just shut down and and so it was just it was just a weird you're required to wear a mask in your car when it's just you probably probably <laughs> and so you know it was just a, a, a strange world you know totally and like like in asia we all wear masks all the time anyway so it was not a not a big deal for for me over there but <laughs> right, uh, right. over here it was like whoa okay well and um just this intensity and and you could just feel coldness with people here that you know i have always prided myself that americans are very warm people yeah open people kind Interesting. people Interesting. And it was just it was just weird to come here and see that and so so after getting over the culture shock of just saying oh this is a, a very different world uh that i'm used to wow and of course it's been opening up um and people are becoming more warm again but uh you know what is god doing what is god saying in this hour and um you know, I think I think we're in the time of great change and transition. I think we're in a time where we really do need to start asking God for new containers for the times that we're living in. Wow. I don't I don't I don't think the world will ever fully go back to what it used to be. Wow. Wow. So we, we have to like shift our mindsets. Um I, I think America really is in a um post-Christian season. Wow. Like if right. we're talking missionology and sure, all of that. Sure. Like like uh it's a, it's a post-Christian time where people really don't know the gospel here. We we have Christian roots, yeah, which is good. So you can always point back to that. Yeah. But I think we need to approach America as if it's the same kind of country as you would go to Asia, which has never been Christianized. Wow. Right. And and approaching America in this sense, I feel like we could enter into a great harvest. Yes. Like if we actually got out of the box, if we started thinking differently, if we started asking, uh, what are the containers for the time for our country, our culture? Because the culture's just so radically shifted, especially last year. But I mean, I think it's been going that way for a while, if you, just from observation. But uh, Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, yeah you're, you're, you're right. And it, it is interesting, especially when we're doing outreach, you know, yeah. in Seattle and, and, and whatnot. And, and you begin filling around to see what kind of christian background there might be yeah. and, and it's very common to to chat with young people that that have no idea who jonah is yeah or even moses and you're yeah. like charlton heston and they're like they're looking at you like what <laughs> like the ten commandments you know yeah. they're like no you know like the prince of egypt okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know but no that that's really interesting when you talk yeah. about um viewing america as a post-christian yeah you know nation and um what about like uh, the Western influence on Hong Kong, on sure. Hong Kong when it comes to our our music, our movies? Is there well, a strong Western influence very, there? Very strong, very strong. I mean, Marvel's huge. I mean, everybody loves uh, horror movies. Every horror movie, like they love horror movies in Hong Kong. I hate horror movies, but they do you? <laughs> they do, but they love them. So, so uh, you know, those are those are actually besides Disney cartoons, are the highest grossing in Hong Kong are horror films. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, so, and I think Marvel's a close close third as far as they love those kind of stories and those kind of movies. But we actually have quite a bit of international influence, even from Europe and European films coming in as well. And so, uh, music-wise, we, we have everybody from, I think Justin Bieber canceled his world tour there, but like we, 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 we get all those people, you know? So... <laughs> 
Huh. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no. good times. Yeah, good times. Good wow. Times. Yeah, so, Marvel, right? Marvel. Um, Black Widow. Black Widow. It was, apparently, it was like the lowest grossing Marvel movie. You know, did you hear that Scarlett Johansson sued? She's suing Disney. Yeah. And I, I watched it. I, I understand why it's the lowest. Oh, did you, did you not like it? I, it wasn't my favorite. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. Uh, yeah. My, my, uh, yeah. Just don't go in with high expectations. You'll really love it. For real. Yeah. And well, was okay. <laughs> I I'd love, I'd love to dive into it with you, but yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen it you yet. You haven't so seen it. Maybe after the podcast, I'll, yeah. I'll run home and watch it, and then we'll, yeah. you know, we'll Disney do Plus it. it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I guess that she she. Uh, makes uh would would have made a significant amount of money yes. based off of the what comes in at the box office yeah. and she was guaranteed like a um a theatrical release an exclusive theatrical uh. release but she didn't get that because it was released at the same time as disney plus so the there was no ticket sales and so yeah. she lost out on all you this know. money yeah yeah so she only made i think 20 million so let's let's remember let's remember Scarlett Johansson in our yes. prayers as she only made twenty million on that. Only 20 Poor million. thing. I, I feel so sorry for you her. You know, I do, I do. When I think about it, my heart breaks and it's like, how's she gonna make it? I know. You know? I, I just I, I we need to just weep on the floor yeah. you know, for her, you know. <laughs> on, let's just pray for her now. <laughs> I just feel the spirit of intercession coming on me, Darren. <laughs> oh so uh Daniel, you come from a rich revival. Um, supernatural legacy. Yeah. Um, can you take us back to even your own childhood? Sure. When you became aware of this glory realm, that was sure. what, what was that first memory for you when you realized, sure. wow, I'm a part of something that's otherworldly. I'm I'm a part of something that's very real, and I can engage sure. with it. I think for me, there's never been a time I wasn't aware of God's presence. My family always cultivated it in our home. You know, I grew up in the beginning of, like, the whole worship movement era, you know, Don Moat, like, all the Integrity Praise albums yes, and the yes. Vineyard albums. And shine, I, Jesus, shine. shine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so 90s, I, baby. <laughs> yeah, I grew, I grew up in all of that. And, you know, give things. Are you, are you a musician or worship leader? Or? I, you know, I, I was professionally trained musically For real? in high school. That's incredible. Uh, so singing wise, so okay. I don't play anything. I, I have too much ADD to. to <laughs> <laughs> well, you could be a drummer, but uh, but you're a singer. You're a singer. I, I could sing, yeah. So so, but I never really pursued. Like I led worship in high school and and in my early twenties and got real prideful with it and the Lord <laughs> took it away from me. But uh, that happens. <laughs> it happens sometimes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like from a young age, I've I've never not known God's presence. Wow. As long back as I can remember, I've always known his nearness. I've always known his closeness. Wow. It was, you know, I was about three, and I knew we were in a, a crusade. I knew I needed to receive Christ. Wow. Three years old. Three years old. That's I knew incredible. It. And uh, my mom wasn't sure. I understood the gospel message and was, like, trying to make sure, like, like you don't want to just go down there just to go down there. Sure. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to miss my opportunity, Mom. We need to go, like, like. Like and so, like right at before they'd started praying the prayer, we walked down. It's incredible. I remember getting my first Gospel of John at three years old. It's incredible. I colored the pages in because I couldn't read. Wow! And so, <laughs> wow! Wow! And so, so I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at eight. Wow! Um, but it wasn't until I was about 
13, 14, right in there. Uh, I, had, I was uh, wrestling with uh, another youth group member, and to this day, whether I broke it or sprained it, I don't know, but I, I injured my wrist. And growing up, we were pretty poor, pastor's family, and yeah. uh, so, so we didn't have money to go to the hospital. Wow. I didn't think about this then. I, sure, I, I've since sure. kind of like realized, oh, it was just because we didn't have money. Yeah. My mom was like, well, tomorrow night, and uh, we grew up about an hour's drive uh, from Redding, California, so it's a, like tomorrow night there's a revival service in Redding, and we'll go to that meeting, and, and uh, if, if, if you're healed... Uh, then praise God. And if you're not healed, then we'll go to the hospital. So the whole night, I'm in agony and oh pain. Oh, my goodness, yeah, yeah, and A yeah. lot of people think it's child abuse. No, it's just pure survival. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> yes. We've got to make sure there's food on the table. And so I, we went to the meeting the next night, and I, I was healed, which was awesome. Come on. But it wasn't the healing that really gripped my heart. It was the person who shared that night, and it was the way they talked about their relationship with Jesus. Wow. And I was like, I want that. And we were homeschooled at that time, my brother and I. And so I, I remember going back to my room, and I, we didn't have tons of uh, money for the latest worship CDs. Or sure, anything. sure. So I just had my Bible. And I just remember going and just started seeking God. I'd spend hours every day. I'd finish my schoolwork as quickly as I could. Sometimes I wouldn't do schoolwork at all. I'd just be like, I want Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And I would just began to seek him for like six months. I would seek him for hours and hours and hours. And uh, after about six months, the Lord actually started visiting me in my room. Wow. At 13, 14 years old. Wow. And, and that continued like that. My whole high school uh, season of life that continued, and Amazing. I just would have visitations and encounters with the Lord. I remember at sixteen, I remember learning about praying the Bible, and for whatever reason, I chose Song of Solomon to pray. Not you know, like why at would a sixteen, you know? <laughs> and so I was praying Song of Solomon one. I think it's either verse three or four where it says, "Come and kiss me with the kisses of your mouth, for wow. your love is better than wine." And I just prayed over and over, Lord, I just want you to come and kiss me with the kisses of your mouth, for your love is better than wine. And I remember the room was just pitch black. It was about midnight. The only light was the, on the alarm clock, you know. And and the door opened to my room, mm. and the light from the hallway came in, and it closed. And the Lord walked into my room, wow. walked over to my bed put his hand underneath my head, lifted my head up, and planted one right there on my lips. Oh, wow. I like this flaming fire, you know, I'll, I'll never forget it. Gently laid my head back down, walked out, opened the door, uh, you know, left the room, closed the door behind him. Oh, wow. And I just remember shaking in my bed, going, okay, I got that one. So <laughs> Wow. That's incredible. And, uh, you know, had lots of experiences and encounters with the Lord like that uh, throughout high school. It was really marked. Um, and so, so, which continued all the way up to this day, you know, just, just crazy, insane encounters with Jesus. That's amazing. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Jesus. I love Jesus. <laughs> He's so real. Wow. Know? Wow. He's more real to me sometimes than, than people, you know? Yeah. Which is great. Man, that's, that's, that, that's phenomenal. Yeah. So you started having encounters with Jesus in your teens, yeah. and then um, and then talk to us about when that began to transition, and you're done with high school sure. and and the call into ministry, sure. And how and how the Lord kind of forged okay. uh, th this ministry call. Sure. Well, 
from a young age, I've always known I was called into ministry. So out of my brother and I, like I was the one that had that on my life. And if he does have it on his life, he's like, I'm happy being in carpentry and, and, and cool, work. Cool. And I'm like, that's awesome. You know? Jesus was carpentry. Jesus was a carpenter, <laughs> cool. you know? And he's, he's way more pastoral than I am, too. Oh, he's, for real? He, Dude, you seem pretty people. pastoral. I, I can be. My dad's a pastor, so I think I learned a lot from him. But still, if you come to me too many times with your problems, I'll yeah. just tell you, just stop. Yeah. Just stop, and you'll be better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. stop it. <laughs> just stop it. So uh, uh, that's my favorite counseling technique, you know. And um, so, yeah, I've always had that call since a young boy. I've always understood I was called into ministry. Um, never really... Um, never really thought until a high school like what that could look like. And so I kind of thought I'd be the next Billy Graham. So I started dreaming crusades and big thousands and thousands of people in stadiums and all of this kind of stuff. Wow. And, uh, and then a prophet came to me at 17 and said, actually, the Lord's called you the poorest of the poor, and he's going to take you, you know, to the slums and all that kind of stuff. Wow. And I was like, false prophet. Yeah. And, uh, but within a year, the Lord had connected me with uh, Heidi and, and Roland and, and just really developed that in my heart. Um, and so, so um, also equally, since I was 10, I've had a call to Asia specifically. Never thought I would go. Um, it just seems so far away, so far off. So and at ten, at the 10. Lord spoke to you and put Asia in yeah. your heart. Yeah. Well, I wow. was I was the oddball kid that um, I'll date myself. I remember going to the library and pulling out encyclopedias. Yeah. And looking up China. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd pull out books that they had on China and read them, and and uh, and it was just awkward. And we grew up in a really small community, and at that time there wasn't an Asian population there. I don't even remember having Chinese food before eighteen. You know, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> so poor, like, like we watched child. kung fu movies growing up. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There was not a lot of sure. influence to say like there's these seeds planted. We sure. didn't know anybody, and so so you know, like I just I just remember from you know, a young age of having this fascination, like the Lord planting that seed in my heart. But again, never, never thinking I would go. I remember when I was 12, we started getting Voice of the Martyr magazines. Oh, wow. That would talk about the persecution. And so I remember at 12, interceding for the church in, in, in China and Asia that were persecuted. And again, never thinking I would ever go to any of those places. Now, I've been to many of those places, talked to some of those people, wow. and, uh, uh, and gotten to serve amongst the persecuted. It's, it's, it's phenomenal, but never thought I would go until I was 20 years old. I was serving in the youth ministry in our, our local church and, and, uh, and thought, that's just pretty cool. And I was actually starting to get invited to like youth conferences and different things. So I was like, okay, I like... I'm getting a circuit going. Yeah, go and, on. And the Lord's <laughs> like, I want you to go to China. And I was like, that must be pizza or something. <laughs> That's right, right, right. I'm not going to go. I might have a love and fascination, but I'm never going to go. And uh, uh, so I just dismiss it. The next day, I get a letter in the mail from an organization that actually at that time was going into to, to China. And they were working with three self-churches, which are the government-sanctioned uh, churches there. And and doing like gospel crusades. Wow. And 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 serving the local churches there. And and so they were like, We're going at in September of this year, this is two thousand five. We're going in September of this year. We want you to 
come. We want you to be one of our speakers and preach the gospel. And uh, here's the dates. Here's our information. Join us. And I was like, oh, maybe I did hear from God. Wow. And so I contacted them. Everything seemed cool over the phone. I talked to the secretary. They helped me get a visa. I went with them for a whole month in September of that year. And it was phenomenal. It was like we had over 500 salvations. We saw so many miracles, Darren, like, like biblical miracles, people getting up out of wheelchairs, wow, come on. eyes come opening, on. deaf ears opening. I saw tumors fall off people's bodies. I mean, just crazy things. Jesus, yes. Uh, I had never witnessed before to that magnitude. Um, I saw more miracles just in that nucleus of time than I think I've ever seen before or since in my life, like wow. in one, wow. one go, you know, and uh, just so many crazy things. And so I just thought, well, this is cool. And I, I, when I got there, I knew for sure this was like the people I was called to. This was what I wanted to do with my life. And at the end of the trip, we're on a bus back to the airport. The founder of the ministry sits down next to me. We didn't interact much. And so he's like, there was a, a group of us that went, and he goes, uh, the obligatory stuff, like, thanks for coming. We're really blessed by you. But then he gets to his real point. So I've been talking to everybody, and none of us know who you are. How'd you get on this trip? They said this to you. Yeah, yeah, this is what he said. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, like, I thought you came with one of these other people, but none of them know you. How did you get on this trip? And I'm like, well, you sent me a letter. And he goes, what letter? To this day, I wish I would have kept the letter, you know? Wow. And he's like, so I told him about the letter that he signed. It had signed yeah, by him. Yeah. And he's like, I don't send out letters like that, let alone to people we don't know. Jesus forged his signature. And so that's literally what he said. He goes, God must have really wanted you to come to, uh, to, to China. That's and incredible. I was like, why? He goes, because God forged my signature to get you here. And so I worked with them for a few years. and That's amazing. Yeah, they're just amazing group. But that's... That's, I mean, like, my whole life has just been full of supernatural, crazy stories like this. You that know? is so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, God just totally sent you a letter. He's like, I want you to do this. Yeah. And, oh, I love that. Just That's to, incredible. Just to confirm, like, what he had already spoken to me, you know? Like, like you know, it's only official until, you know, you get a letter from oh, some stranger. I love that. Isn't that awesome? That is it's so really great. Awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. Now, so, Daniel, I, I, would you... Like, I know that, you know, <laughs> as Christians, we should all call ourselves missionaries. Sure. You know, we've all been given this missionary sure. uh, mandate. And, you know, but, you know, the way I kind of define a, uh, a sure. full-time missionary is it's a, you know, it's a, an individual or family. They, they've left the comforts of the West to go sure. to another country to pour their lives into that country. And they're, sure. they're supported, you know, yeah. by, 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 you know, when they come home, they kind of itinerate. And, sure. you know, um, so do you, do you identify as, 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 a, as a missionary or? Yes you know, and no. So, like, when it comes places, to your own... I, places I go, we yeah. can't use that word. We'll call ourselves M's. But, uh... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, uh, in one sense, yes, because I go. Sure. But maybe not in the sense of, like, even when I, I come back to the States and itinerate, I don't go places to raise money. I don't go, you know, I, so I you go don't have places. Like, you don't have prayer cards. and I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I just, I just go and serve wherever I can serve. And, sure. And come with a, a unique message that I feel God's speaking for that group. But, uh, um no, I, I think I think for for me, I've also forged a very different way of doing missions because 
yeah, I'm serving in one location all the time, but also I travel a lot and I go serve in all kinds of different nations. Before COVID hit, I was in 15 different countries a year. Wow. Preaching the gospel and, and sharing in churches, equipping people, empowering awesome. groups awesome. and communities. So. So uh, not really the traditional way of doing missions. Well, I kind of wonder if there's a massive shift coming to the traditional way of doing, of doing missions. Sure. I, I just had coffee with, um, uh, with a missionary recently, yeah. and, and they're, they're struggling. They're, they're in a Christ-hostile nation mm. where they really can't do communication. Yeah. And, um, and now they're, they're back in the States, and they're itinerary, and they're trying to um, raise funds, awareness. But it's just very, very difficult. Yeah. And... Um, and 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 I know a lot of other you know uh, when I was a part of a uh, of a of a denomination in the area here, there was always this tension between the pastors and the missionaries because the missionaries needed support and the pastors were already supporting. So so just it's it's kind of felt like there needs to be some reform mm. within the traditional way sure. of supporting and funding yeah. you know uh, um, missionaries. And I, the conversation I was just having with, with this guy was kind of th- rethinking, getting a new perspective yeah. on their model and kind of even sure. may, maybe even breaking the stereotype of, of, of a missionary yeah. and, and getting kind of a fresh approach to their, to their identity mm. so that they get some new um, options. Because you know, sure. I think that when you see yourself a certain way, then maybe you limit yourself on the sure. options. Once you get a larger kind of perspective of your identity and whatnot, yeah. all of a sudden the Lord begins to say, you can do this, you can do this. And mm-hmm. and so um, even just getting the perspective that I'm a minister, I can have a sure. ministry yeah. that's bigger than the missionary identity. Absolutely. And so, yeah. So I think it's interesting that you, just the language that you were using. Yeah. And also, we also know that we're, we're about to hit a major missions movement. Absolutely. And we're about to see a, a, a major great awakening hit not just America, but the nations. And, mm. we'll, I, and we'll see waves of missionaries Absolutely. just Absolutely. going all over the place. Yeah. And we're going to need a new wineskin for, yeah. how, for how we've done missions. Absolutely. I think, I think that's one way. I think, I think even how we've approached missions, I think there's business models. There's all kinds of different the way, the ways and things. You know, There's going to be places that are hostile towards Christians. You can't go in with a big ministry. But you could go in as a business person. You could go in as a consultant. You could go in, you know, and like like I was I was mentioning over coffee earlier, like we're seeing churches in Hong Kong planted in corporations. Really? You know, yeah. Yeah. Actual businesses. Actual businesses, like within the business, there's a church being planted. That's amazing. You know? And so so like there are so many different forms and models and ways of doing church and ways of planting and ways of doing missions and ways of doing evangelism and you know that are being birthed in this hour that are out of the box unorthodox you don't have to be the traditional minister that goes through seminary or whatever you know like maybe you're a business person and maybe your mission field is your company, and maybe you can start a church right in your company. You know, I mean, I mean, I, I think these are the kinds of thinking, ways of thinking, new paradigms, new containers for the seasons. That's incredible. Times. That's incredible. Yeah. 
Yeah. When I was in uh, in Indonesia, I met a pastor, and and I think his church was maybe around uh, three thousand or something. Sure. But it was it was interesting because he was he was eighty five mm. at the time, and he just started pastoring in his late seventies because he was a dentist. Wow. And so once he retired from dentistry, <laughs> he became a megachurch pastor. And so um, I asked him, well, how did God call you into the ministry? Yeah. And he said, God never did call me into the ministry. He called me into dentistry. I said, well, that's great. So how did you become a pastor? He goes, well, my pastor said that he needed a pastor to take over this church. And since my pastor asked me, um, I had to honor him, so I just said yes. <laughs> and, you know, he had his own practice, and, yeah. but he had all these years of, of experience as far as really how to, car, how to yeah. carve, you know, he had the discipline um, and, and just some, you know, and, and, but God just kind of anointed him, graced wow. him for, you know, so here he is in his 80s, <laughs> you know, pastoring, doing a phenomenal job, just so wow. much passion and the people loved him. But. And I bet you everybody that he was a dentist of all those years followed him, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Doctor, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... That's I know I know the Lord loves to do. I mean, yeah. every time you read the Bible, you see these yeah. stories of these people that just are not qualified to do Absolutely. what God has called them to, to do. And so we always have to have a wineskin, I think, where 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 we're not disqualifying the Davids and we're not disqualifying Absolutely. the Josephs and we're not disqualifying these these Daniels, you know. Absolutely. And I think I think we're living in an era in history where we really just it's it's we're living in a time we've never experienced before. So we really do need to, we need the out of the box guys. Yes. We, we, we need different models. We need people willing to, to do something that just hasn't been done before with church. It's not chucking the Bible. It's not chucking the gospels. It's not chucking the essentials, but maybe how we've done things. We just, we just need people that are willing to try something different, try something new. You know, uh, I was I was following you guys, you know, last year, and I just loved it. You guys put on a variety show. <laughs> that's amazing. That's different. That's innovative. That's that's a way of reaching people that you've probably never reached before. You know, I I just I just love it because it's so inventive. But nobody else was doing that. You know, like like so you guys you guys decided let's let's create a container for our time, and let's let's reach people in a way we've never reached. Let's be church in a way that we've never had to do church before. Let's let's figure out a form that works for the season that we're in instead of being addicted to the form of what we've always known. Amen. Amen. And uh, and so I, I I just I think that's what's going to be essential in the times that we're living in, uh, in the days that we're living in, uh, moving forward. Yeah. Amen. You were just you were just at the uh, the International Young Prophets event, and sure. you were hanging out with some some incredible people there. And and um, you mentioned that you were hanging out with Barbara Yoder. Yes, yeah. And I, she she just messaged me to say say hi to you. Oh, awesome! awesome. <laughs> I was telling telling you. So I did it live, Barbara. If you're watching, <laughs> Barbara, if you're watching, I, I was telling you that um, that I that I was at a, uh, a birthday party for yes. Patricia King, and we were at this Mexican food restaurant, and and she came in, and, and and you know, and you could tell she was honored, and she came in, and like, and everything out of her mouth was just hilarious. It was yes. just. So much wit and just so much. You could just tell she's very comfor- comfortable in her own skin, yeah. and um, and, sh- and so uh, I was sitting next to her, and just and along with uh, Barbie Breathitt and then mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Clarice Fluitt. 
Mm. And um, all these powerful women of God, but I didn't know who Barbara was. Yeah. And so I was at a few different events. And then finally I was at, you know, this one event and they were like, okay, you know, Barbara Yoder, would you go? And I was like, I know that name. Whoa, that, that's Barbara. That's Barbara Yoder. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like I'm friends, you know, like we're friends. Like we're enjoying each other's company, but I have no idea, you know, who, you know, this is the, you know, but I bring this up because um, I was just thinking just recently, um, God's really doing something right now. Yeah. With 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 these anointed women of God mm. um, across the like it doesn't matter like yeah. the age it's like there's something that God's really establishing right now yeah um, uh, with 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 anointed uh, w- mm. women of God now I know that he's that there's there's been w- women of God you know yeah you know th- throughout, throughout history throughout yeah. history and even throughout modern but it, it feels like there's there's something. Just kind of special and fresh yeah. on what God is 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 doing right now. Um, Bonnie Shavda wrote mm. uh, my forward for, okay. for for my book here. The forward's actually better than there you go. than the book itself. Um, but <laughs> Bonnie's another one. Bonnie's actually my favorite preacher. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, when actually when it comes to getting your preach on. Yeah. I mean, just she um, she's just a, a wordsmith, and wow. yet there's so much anointing on. I, I mean, just what she's like a poet, a, a poet preacher, you know? Wow. And, um, and I bring this up because even within your own family, yeah. um, w- w- like this, there's like the women within your family have had a very special, yeah. fiery yeah. dynamic where yeah. women in ministry has been a normal part of a growing, part of growing up, up in your family. Yeah. Um, so. Would you share just a little bit about that 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 dynamic sure. within your family, but also maybe share a little bit what you think God's doing right now with mm. this thing of women in ministry? Absolutely. Well, I, I, growing up, you know, my mom's a, a pastor, but she's a prophet too, and my grandmother was a prophet. Uh, my grandfather was was like more of an evangelist teacher. Uh, my great grandmother was a Pentecostal pastor preacher. I mean, wow. Fiery wow. preached on her local TVN station too. I so mean, she was like the pastor. Yeah. What did her husband do? Well, they co-pastored oh, they did. for okay. a long time, and then you know, um, I think things didn't work out between them. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she just kept on the ministry. Come I mean, on. As 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 growing up, I remember seeing her preach, and and she was just fiery. Yeah, and that's then, awesome. Great great grandmother that I never met. You know, raised her husband from the dead. He was an alcoholic. She was an evangelist. Come on. And you know, like, 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 like that was a story passed down. You know, Come like, on. like growing up. So I never met her. Don't don't know the fullness of the story. But I just I just know that she had raised him up from the dead, and they preached the gospel together. Is that you know, awesome? So, so it's it's like in my family. Yes. You know, and um, so I've always grown up with an appreciation for female ministers and and, and women in ministry and. And a respect for women leaders. Um, I've always had a, a position in my heart of just like they have a place in God's kingdom, and they can be just as much an apostle or a prophet as as any man can. And and, and to respect that, um, I, I feel like there is a huge shift right now where it is about God really giving women their voice. Mm. I think it's reflected even in the world, where you see so many women wanting to say, "Hey." I have a voice. Uh, I, I think to some extent, you know, I, I, I think it's gotten 
taken out of hand to some extent, but even the whole Me Too movement about empowering women and empowering their voice, I think there's something spiritual in that, that God is wanting to release in this world of saying, actually, women have a voice, they have a place of equality, they have a place of position. We need to listen to that. We need to listen to them. And uh, so even in our own church community, like uh, our, our senior pastor is, is now uh, my pastor's wife. You know, like she took over the role as the senior pastor wow, in our wow, church. Wow. Uh, and, and that was just something God was doing. But I think it's also just a spiritual thing where we're starting to see women tar- uh, take their place and take their role of leadership that God has always wanted them to walk in. But we're, we're kind of in a place in history where they can now, I think. They're at a place in history where there's an acceptance for it. They're at a place in history where... I think there's finally an openness culturally for it, but it's still controversial. I mean, in Hong Kong, having a, a, a woman as a pastor is, is still not, you know, okay with the sure. big boys club. Sure, and, sure, and sure. And so, so uh, but I, I think it's something that God's doing in this hour where he's giving voice to women, he's, he's giving them authority, he's giving them place, and it's not to replace men by any means. Uh, it's a place of bringing them up to where we can serve together side by side in the kingdom to see a greater impact and advancement of his kingdom. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah, there's something about the whole Me Too movement as well, where it was almost like as of now, yeah. no, no matter how powerful you are, you no longer get to treat women this way and think true. that you're going to get away with it. Yeah. Like, cause you know that there's so many men in places of power that were taking advantage of women and maybe still are. Yeah. But, but there must've been a radical wake up call that, don't think, I mean, even yeah. in the church, don't yeah. think because you have this position that you're going to be able to do this exactly. and, and get away with it. Exactly. And, um, and, and man, that, that, that's so needed to happen, especially when you yeah. hear these, I mean, just the, just the stories and then, and then just the household names, just the, yeah. the people that we grew up watching on, on TV yeah. and hearing these things that were, were, were happening, yeah. um, both you know, in the mainstream secular scene as well as... Yeah. As, as in the church, but it, it does seem like the Lord himself is really honoring um, women of God right now in, in, in this time and really giving them just a fresh grace mm. uh, to, to bring leadership in, in, in the church. And like you said, it's not yeah. that men are being dismissed. No, not by any means. Um, because we still need men to, to arise and to be champions Absolutely. for their brides Absolutely. and for their families. I, I think it's more so... God is bringing, he's correcting something. Mm. I, I think that's a better way of putting it. That's Instead good. of like replacing something, that's good. Yep. he's correcting something that's just not been in the proper balance or place. And he's saying, hey, let's make this right. And it's finally at a point in history and time where we can really do it culturally. We can do it in the church. We can do it in the world where things can be made right right again the way he's always intended yeah it's uh, really, you know, really good. i mean like reform doesn't all happen at once if it did it'd just be chaotic and too painful for any of us wow, right? right right but right. but we'll always if, if you study history i'm a huge student of history you'll see god make these correction course you know course wow. changes throughout history and it'll just be moments but it changes things and i think this is just one of those moments in time where there's a a correction taking place where it's like this is the way I've intended it to be all along. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's super cool. Now yeah. you got this amazing like prophetic thing on your life, sure. And, um, and you're using that, you know, to mentor and equip and yeah. and um, 
And so why don't you speak into that a little bit about your desire to, you know, to to equip the saints who works in ministry sure. and specifically in this area of of prophetic ministry. I know that you'll be ministering here tomorrow night. Yes. And um, I, I think you might even zoom some we're, we're some gonna, of your mentees into the yes. into the service. But yeah, speak speak to, to that a little bit. So, you know, I've always believed in empowering people. I think that's I have actually gotten in trouble. <laughs> you know, there was a church I'll never forget. The pastor was so mad at me. He's still mad at you. He, 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 no, he, he was oh, just okay, mad okay. at me at yeah, that time yeah, yeah. because he was like, "Well, you've empowered them all to prophesy. You've empowered them all to heal the sick. What is there left for me to do?" Oh. And I said, "Well, there's plenty. You've got to pastor them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, we've we've just made your job a little easier for you. You know, wow. But uh, you know, like I've always believed." that everybody should be empowered to just be doing the works of Jesus. Wow. Um, so it's always been a, a heart passion of mine, but specifically with the prophetic, in the last several years, one of the things I noticed in Asia was we always imported our prophets from America or Europe, but we didn't have a lot of prophetic voices in Asia itself. Wow, wow. And, uh, uh, and then... Not all, but a lot of the ones that we did see were not very healthy. You know, they would use their gift to extort ministries or churches <laughs> or people. And so it's just kind of like... Good times. It's just kind of like, you know, and so so then, you know, we would always come across these churches that get burned by these people. Oh, right. And they're like, well, we don't want anything to do with the prophetic. Wow. Wow. And uh, uh, so I was like, well, what what's something we could do to, to bring a change to that? And so um, about... A year ago, we well, several years ago, I, I've been mentoring just a couple individuals in the prophetic and, and seeing God just bring such a great gift being developed in them, but also such an integrous life full of character, full of, you know, honor. and Awesome. And uh, for me, that's, that's huge. I don't care how gifted you are. Like, if your di- right. life doesn't reflect Jesus, right. then I don't want to listen to you. Right, come on. And so... <laughs> So I'll just be blunt with yeah, people. Come on, come on. So uh, it's not the most pastoral, but I'll just be like, "Sorry, man, I, I really don't care what you have to say." Yeah, you talk know. to the hand. Yeah, pretty much. You know, I don't care is. what your revelation is. <laughs> Show it to me in your life, and then I'll be willing to listen to you. And sure. so, so um, about a year ago, we we, we launched with uh, just ten people. And um, so we were also trying to figure out how to do this and in, in, in COVID, but it was. It was so phenomenal to see a group of people grow in giftedness, grow in character, um, and then just release them into their worlds. We had a doctor, you know, like she started interacting with the Holy Spirit and becoming a doctor who's prophetic. Yes. You know, or people that are in business. And, And rather than creating prophetic businesses where you pay to get a word, what about making your business a prophetic business, like like in the sense of, of like we use our, our gifting to in our business to bless people to, wow. to offer better services to our customers, wow. whatever you know. So so we just started seeing it break out in, in their lives, and now we're doing a second year. Uh, we beautiful. got people That's all across awesome. Asia uh, joining our, our group, and and it's just been phenomenal to see just just so much growth in people and people stepping out and and people actually saying, hey, let's get the word of the Lord for for businesses. Let's get the word of the Lord for our cities. Let's get the word of the Lord. But but in a healthy, respectful way, honorable way, uh, that's not going to bring reproach to Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. 
Well, I think sometimes when it comes to the prophetic, I think sometimes people get a little bit discouraged sure. because they they want to see, you know, they they see accuracy mm. as as the win. Sure. And so they always, which is which is helpful. It's good sure. to be accurate. But I think they want the precise. They mm. want the names and the yeah. dates and the social security numbers and like sure. that's fun. You know, that's yeah. that, that's great, but but it can be somewhat discouraging when you when you, when you're seeking the Lord, you're spending hours in prayer yeah. and you're soaking in his presence and you're 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 living an integrous life and then you are praying for somebody and you get like just this what we might call like a generic sure. prophetic word and you're like Ah, I'm seeking you, Lord, and yet I'm not getting, you know. And um, man, I, I think that we really need to encourage people yeah. in the body of Christ right now that um, that it really it's not about the names and the dates. And Absolutely, it's not. It's not it, it really is about just that that still that that small that quiet that yeah. that whisper that place where you're like I don't even know if that's really God. Yeah. And it's it's really about just being obedient, just mm. being obedient to what God is sure. is saying because. You know, so I think that um, there can be. I love William Branham, and I love sure. those. You know, and 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 uh, and I believe that God's God's gonna do that again. You know, yeah. we're gonna see people walk in where they're just, just yeah. stumbling in that. And I know there are modern days examples of of people that operate in a very similar uh, uh, kind of thing. Sure. And yet, um, I think just the whole thing of of what the enemy does in the church to get us to compare ourselves. Yeah. Uh, all the time, and then we can begin to think that I'm not as I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not prophetic because I'm not sure. like this guy or like sure. this gal. And so, would you speak into that a little bit for for sure. people that are like, yeah, I've done that prophetic activation at yeah. church, and yeah, it's cool, but I'm nothing like this guy or sure. I'm nothing like this gal. Well, comparison kills. Um, <laughs> just, just stop comparing yourself. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, yes, just take my pastoral. Yeah, I love it. Just stop it. Just, just stop, stop it. But, okay, Jojo. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll share a story. I, I I remember um quite a few years ago I was in Indonesia and we were ministering in the city and and the church had me ministering for hours on end. You know, you, you you've been there like they'll work you, man. <laughs> and uh they, they really work you. I, I think we were like three hours and just ministering amazing. over people and, yeah, amazing. and I was exhausted. So we get yeah. to the hotel and I'm like, I told them, don't tell anybody where we're staying, nothing. Like, I just need a seafood just, buffet right now. That's Come right. <laughs> and so I was so exhausted, ready just to go to bed. And we get to, to the hotel. And outside our hotel room, there's a family who the pastor had. I don't know oh, how wow. they heard or what. Wow. I don't know if they paid them a little extra money. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but somehow they, they knew right. where we were staying. And they knew what room I was in. And they were waiting. And they were like, we're desperate. So they tell me this situation with their daughter, who was with them. She was, you know, like maybe a 12 or 13-year-old girl. And, and they were like, oh, she was, she was just a loving girl before. And now suddenly she's got attitudes. And just, and I'm like thinking, well, it's probably puberty, you know. <laughs> it's like, nor, you know like the cast natural, that out. You know, yeah, just cast the puberty out, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, but, but, you know, they're going and they're just so distraught over their daughter's attitude change. And she's just not acting like herself. And, and so they want me to just, they want me to perform. They want me to be a prophet wow. in the moment. They wow. want me to give something so significant. And uh, so I'm sitting and listening to them. And the only thing the Holy Spirit says to me is, just tell her she's a princess. So uh, I was like, makes no sense to me. But I look at the little girl. I said, hey, just want you to know you're a princess. Smile at her, smile at the parents. I said, good night. And I go back to my room and I go to bed. <laughs> 
they were livid. They were mad. They were like, oh, that's it? That's all you're going to say? You're a princess? That doesn't change anything. Well, three days later, we get an email from them, and they're like, she has totally transformed. The next morning, wow. she came running down the stairs, put her arms around her dad, hugged him, put wow. her arms around her. was like, hey, can I help clean, help make a meal or a breakfast or something like that? And, and they're like, what? What changed? Why are you so different? And she goes, well, I'm a princess. Wow. And so sometimes all you need is just something so simple, just two words, and it brings a change and a transformation to somebody. You don't need to be Paul Kane. I love Paul Kane. He was a friend of mine when he was still on the earth. And you know, you don't need to be Paul Kane, or you don't need to be Sean Bolt. So you don't need to be Stacy Campbell or, yeah. or any of these people we, we yeah. love and look up to. Yeah. Uh, you just just be you. Yes. And just say what God's told you to say, and that's all you need to do. Uh, otherwise, you're moving in performance or comparison, and it just those things kill us. Yeah, that is so good. Yeah. I was cracking up when you said that this family was outside of your yeah. room, and you're like, how do they even know that I'm here? <laughs> Something similar happened this week. Really? Yeah, so two days ago, um, somebody knocks on our door. We just thought it was the Amazon guy, because that, that's the only person that ever knocks on our doors. the Amazon yeah. guy or the, the guys that kill spiders and insects. Okay. To inform you that, did you know that you have four of the most deadly Washington, Washingtonian spiders you know, living right here? And you're, you're like... Now you're lying because we don't have. Uh, anyway, okay, so anyways, so somebody's knocking on the door, and Andrea gets it, and I hear this guy talking to her, and and um, and so I come down, and he, uh, and this is strange, but he said that his mom, and he's 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 an older guy, he's not a young guy, mm-hmm. his mom sent him a text message, with a screenshot off the internet of a of a of a divine healing room, but it had our address on it. Our personal address. Really? Yeah, we've never had this happen before. Wow. And so um, Andrea's talking. He's like, yeah, it says you're, you're a healing room. Look at you showing her the, the phone. And so I come down, and, and, and I'm like, no, like our church hasn't even had <laughs> healing rooms in yeah. years. We're, we're, we're starting some up this fall, but, like, no, like that doesn't, some, yeah. you know, no. Um, and we're talking to him. He lives here in Newcastle. He lives up by the, the golf course, and, you know, um, so I say, hey, well, so what? What's up? Like, you need prayer or something? And you turn around, and yeah, he pulled up the back of his shirt and big old scar. I just had back surgery, got pain all through my body, and wow. um, and so uh, we said, awesome, can we pray? And said, sure. So led him through some prayers and stuff. Jesus showed up. He just just it was just about falling over. It's funny. I got this guy by the head, and my neighbors are driving by, you know, <laughs> and um, uh. And the Lord really touched him. It was funny, speaking of William Branham. You wow. know, William Branham, yeah. when he'd pray for people, he'd say, your faith has made you well, now go rejoicing, yeah. right? Well, <laughs> I felt like instead of asking him, how do you feel? It was, I felt like it was a done deal. Yeah. So I'm not even going to sure. do it. So I was like, you're good, now go rejoicing. And he goes, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And, he, and, he, and he went down the hill. Back to his car, isn't that isn't that that's odd? crazy? Isn't that odd? That's amazing. That's like though. the odd story of the, of the week. That's that's a very odd story. <laughs> We've been getting those like the odd like an odd story of the week, but <laughs> it but yeah, it, a friend of ours, uh, Tom and Cor- Katie Cornell, they live here in, in the Seattle area, and the Lord started to do something in their life, yeah. this fresh anointing, and every night they'd come home, there'd be a line of people waiting for them to come home because they wanted prayer. Really? Yeah, and that was like this man that 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 hadn't happened before. Wow! But like and like and that continues to happen though. They'll come home and somebody will just be waiting there, 
Come on. Because they need prayer, they need healing, need deliverance. That's amazing. But isn't that wild? That's a new model for missions. Yes. The fish jump into your boat. <laughs> That's been happening. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Even some fish I don't want to jump into my boat. Like there, There's been a few times I'm like, God, I just can't do this right now. <laughs> so he's been making it so easy. It's just, wow. it's just wild. It really is harvest time. It is. It really is. It's harvest season, so come, come on. on. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, Dan, I love who you are, man. Thanks, I, I love your heart. I love that you are uh, a prophet, but you also carry just the love of the Father. Mm. And that that is rare. Mm. And I, I love what you're modeling. Can't wait to have you impart into this house Thanks so much. here. And also, just it's just cool that um, we're friends now. Yeah. And we'll get to cheer each other on. I'll Come get to on. celebrate. Yeah, I, I get to be one of those people that when I hear Daniel, Daniel Black's going to a church, I can hit him up and be like, I love that guy. Oh, you thanks, know. man. <laughs> and now, I, now I'm, I'm starting to see why. I'm starting to see just the, the mm. thing. I mean, it's just a unique, thanks, man. A unique um, uh, gift and a person that you are. And I just uh, love what God has carved out in you. So. Thanks, bro. And I feel the feeling is mutual. Mutual. I so enjoyed getting to know you today. So. Awesome, awesome, oh, awesome. You're amazing. Well, you have, you have, I'll, I'll tell you have friends and you family, visit, you know. He's awesome. I love him. You all, you already have. I, I imagine you seem like the kind of guy that you probably just have friends just everywhere. I have family all over the world. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, it it's, is. All right, now, okay. So now, if people want to connect with you. They sure. want. They want to follow you. Maybe mm-hmm. they even want to be a part of this sure. prophetic mentoring when it opens up again. Sure. What's the best way for people to follow you? Um, you can follow me through my website, lovefestglobal.org. Awesome. Um, or Facebook, you can find me on there, Daniel Lee Black. Instagram Daniel Black two, yeah, because somebody else got Daniel Black one, ah. and so uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to remedy that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know, uh, you can also I have a podcast called Where Love Always Wins. So oh, you, you can, do? Yeah, yeah. Probably, Where Love Always Wins. Yeah, and that's on iTunes and everything. That's on iTunes, Spotify. Yeah, it's on all of it. So awesome. Uh, yeah, come and on. So if you want to hear stories that inspire you about how God's love is winning in people's lives. Listen to that one. All right, so. so good. Now, this is your camera here. Why don't you yeah. just look at the camera and just release a, a Shabbadaba, and we'll call it a night <laughs> here. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, hey, guys, I just, I just want to bless you so much with just the heart of the Father. I just really feel like there are those that are watching right now, and you just need a hug from the Holy Spirit. And so um, we've had countless people tell me all over the world, like, while you were speaking, I just felt this embrace. And I just feel like I'm supposed to release that to you right now, just the embrace and love of the Father to bring comfort, to bring peace, to bring restoration to your heart. Um, as well, I just was, was feeling like, like there were some of you and you are going like, wow, I love these different creative ideas and different things that he was talking about. What, what can I do? And I just felt like the Lord wanted to encourage you, take what's in your hand. Take what's in your hand because whatever's in your hand, he'll multiply. Yes. So, so if you're wondering, what do I do? Take whatever's in your hand, whatever, whatever gift, whatever thing that he's given you, and actually use it. Give it to him in this season. He wants to multiply that in your life. So I just bless you guys. You're amazing. You're valuable. You're precious. And uh, hope to see you tomorrow night at, uh, at uh, Seattle Revival Center. You're amazing. Daniel Black, thank you so much. We'll, we'll, we'll do this again. Let's do it. All right, awesome. awesome. Bless you. Thanks so much. Cool.